when I make a choice that feels different, which for me and for many others will be the choice to find that pocket of time to nourish. And that that can be a very active nourishing or it can be a very passive nourishing, but that that takes work for me. And so I kind of pat myself on the back and say, because you're choosing this path that is more nourishing does not mean you're giving up on grit. You're actually using grit to do this. You are working hard. You are focused. You are intentional and you're you're creating new pathways and new patterns and that is that's important work that can still check off the grit box welcome to messy and magnificent this is where high achievers and leaders come to work healthier not harder where hustle culture zigs we zag so you can thrive in your career health and relationships my name is carly fain I'm a celebrity business and boundary coach, and whether I'm working with Grammy award-winning artists, professional athletes, Fortune 50 CEOs, or just folks that enjoy both progress and the present moment, my intention is to make sure that you have both a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. It is your gal, Carly, over here. In this season, we're paving a roadmap to rest and regeneration for high achievers and folks with full plates that know a more sustainable way of living and working is being called for. And that gets me thinking about this moment. It's rather a foggy moment, (laughs) but it was back in 2013. And I was somewhere in Berlin. And I say somewhere because I can't even remember exactly where I was. That's how tired I was in the moment. I was touring as a live-in coach to this multiple Grammy award-winning artist and business owner when I got a Facebook message from my cousin, Alicia. Cuz, she said, I saw your new book just came out. Congratulations, you must be over the moon. And I'm going to be honest, and Alicia, if you're listening, forgive me. (laughs) My first thought was, over the moon? Are you freaking kidding me? I'm beyond exhausted. Writing that book while also being a live-in coach in an elite entourage is bonkers. And now, now's when it really gets hot. Now's when the work starts because I have to start marketing this book. I have to talk about it more. I've got to sell it. I have no idea how to do that. And she, my cousin, has no idea how hard this is. And boom, I felt this pang in my chest. I realized... My goodness, this sweet, dear cousin of mine is sending a thoughtful message of joy and celebration, and all I can see is how hard I'm working. I have more than I set out to achieve, and I'm drowning in it all. You know, I had one client say to me brilliantly a couple years ago about the growth of her own company. She said, Carly, the problem here is that my company's growth is outpacing my personal growth. And I love that, that awareness about how I too, back in 2013, I knew how to do more to get ahead. I didn't yet know how to do less in order to get ahead. And I know that I'm not alone in this. Chris Colmar, just this year in 2022, did some really interesting PTO statistics research. And he found that, speaking specifically about Americans, 28 million Americans, that's about 31% of employees, 
don't get any paid vacation or paid holidays. In fact, the U.S. is the only advanced economy in the world that doesn't guarantee its workers paid vacation or holiday. And 72% of people said employers should provide maternity leave, but only 11% of employers are offering it. Which, just a little sidebar, only 72% of people think there should be maternity leave? What? <laughs> like, hello, patriarchy. <laughs> like, what's going on there? But that's a topic for a different episode. Here's what was interesting, though. One in five employees who did have paid time off have misled their manager about why they needed that time off. A quarter of those admitted that they took the time off just to get some sleep, and 50% took time off because they needed a mental health day. Now, what does that tell us about the culture of work when, for the few rare folks who do get to have some paid time off, they feel like they need to hide the fact that they need rest or well-being? And just as an interesting side note, if more Americans, it was found in the study, converted a portion of their time to taking some time off and doing a little travel, the economic opportunity for our travel industry amounts to over $151 billion in additional travel spending. That would create more than 2 million more American jobs. So I love just pointing out the ways that if we gave ourselves space, not only would things not fall apart, we would actually all prosper. And so speaking of travel, maybe you're in your own version of my Berlin story right now. You're successful. You're determined. You've reached some goals. People admire you. You're dedicated. You're one of those I'll get it all done types and people celebrate you for what a great job you're doing. So here's my question. How are you doing? Really? Let's take a moment. The work you do in the office or the job site, in the medical facility you spend your time or the school you're in, at home or parenting or in your friendships and relationships or when you're paying the bills or picking up the groceries or volunteering, all of it. If you're like the successful folks that I coach, you might be feeling overwhelmed, maybe even a little dissatisfied or frustrated, and certainly not rested enough. A 2018 article called How to Really Rest by Margarita Tartanovsky was reviewed in the Scientific Advisory Board, and in this research piece, Pathia Satipur, a Manhattan psychotherapist, invited us to search a little below the surface. Satipur stressed the importance of getting curious about why we're not resting, about the thoughts and the feelings that are driving our need to stay busy, about the kind of choices I would have been making to get to a place where even though things were going well, I didn't have the capacity to enjoy it. So Satipur suggests maybe we're staying busy because we're trying to protect ourselves from certain feelings. So perhaps exploring these questions, would it Feel like I'm a failure if I wasn't so busy? Would I fear losing the approval of others? Would I fear becoming hopelessly stuck if I actually slowed down? And I'll say right here, if there's any research that I mention on this episode or any episode, a person, an article, a study like this, just know that there's a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening. Or you can head on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast and look up this episode if you want to know more. But these questions... These are powerful prompts because like many of us, I was telling myself I was working to be successful, except I hadn't exactly defined successful. And now looking back on it, I can call BS on myself because I wasn't working towards success. I was working towards looking good. 
I was working towards feeling worthy of respect with a nice helping of burnout on the side. So this vague or undefined notion of success, it weaves a tangled web. It houses a lifetime of our own family and cultural conditioning and expectations, maybe our own personal desire to prove ourselves. But then also there's the very realistic economic imperative to live comfortably, right? And with so many converging definitions of what success, how do we make sure we're staying true to our own inherent values? Or should I back that up? Do we know what our values really are in this specific moment? Well, this week, I am delighted to share a conversation I had with sports psychologist and mindset coach Meredith Brisson. Through her work, Meredith helps equestrians thrive in the ring and out of the ring in a very unconventional way by honing in on their unique values, helping them to learn how to work with their emotions rather than fight against them, and by learning how to define their own unique definition of success so that they can embrace their true nature, turn the volume up on what they're good at, both inside the ring and out. And so in this episode, you're going to learn what the highly intuitive nature of working with horses teaches us about finding balance and connection with our own actual values. You're going to start by identifying whose values you're really living by and whether or not those values are leading you towards your goals or perhaps on a wild goose chase to a destination not of your own choosing. Here's what Meredith is particularly good at. She is good at learning how to teach us how to use our hard-won grit to find more balance, more time for rest, and offer more grace for ourselves. So if you're ready to untangle your definition of success and get more deeply in tune with values that are truly your own, then this episode is for you. We're going to talk about why the definition of success is personal, how to weave a little more grace into your grit, how to create a path to your goals using your values as a map, and then how to leverage that grit you've got for more nourishment. And then, of course, we're going to talk about how we actually make rest possible, especially when it seems impossible. And if you haven't called it already, I just want to share the two-part strategy that after, what is this, 130-something episodes... I've seen work wonderfully for people who get the best results from our show. They listen, and then they integrate what they like from each episode and act on it. So to make that even more doable, I've created two major opportunities to support your rest this season. The first is the Roadmap for Rest and Regeneration. This is a free guidebook that accompanies this season, and it's going to take you through a customized journey from busy to balanced. It's deep. It's powerful, it's full of joy and practical insights. Give yourself the respect you deserve and go get it right now. It's at carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. It's totally free. And this will be the lamp and the ladder on your path to more rest. And then second, if you happen to be catching this episode before January 22nd, come join us on the 22nd at 11 a.m., Eastern time, we're doing one of our signature podcast pajama parties. You can join me in your sweatpants for a special workshop with some of my favorite friends and thought leaders who navigate the territory of rest well. You can RSVP to save your seat at the same spot when you're downloading the guidebook, carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. Invite your friends. This is also a totally free opportunity for us to take what we're learning here together and apply it in our real lives. All right. Now, here's what Meredith had to say right out of the gate. What in your head 
or your heart as we consider rest wants to be heard today, Meredith? Oh, I just want to sit here and put my hands over my heart for a minute because I think what feels most nourishing in my heart right now is just the realization of how much connecting with somebody, even in this conversation with you, and allowing that little bit of vulnerability and humanness to be present is so deeply nourishing. So I'm connecting with my humanness right now and that part of me that's a little bit nervous to be doing this with you, but also I'm holding that part really gently and just really grateful to be present with you today and being able to share like the realness of um, and the complexity of what it means to be human and working through the challenges that are present. Well, this is one of a long list of things that I deeply appreciate about you, Meredith, is your willingness to be vulnerable and courageous at the same time. And perhaps those are ultimately the same thing anyway. I don't know how we could be courageous without being vulnerable or or vice versa, right? But I think even in the nature of your work, as you talk so much about grit and grace, like there it is, this dance between, when I think of grit, I always think of like fingers in the soil, like dirt under my nails, you know, like really being in the earth with something, working through something, and then also weaving in the grace. And I'm so curious for you as you, a sports psychologist, and I know that you work specifically with a lot of equestrians, with a lot of riders and other folks too. I'm imagining, you know, just from having grown up in a family where there was riding, that there's a fair amount of pressure put on people who are in a competitive space. So it's not just riding, you know, as I think about like a TV show or a movie through a glorious field, but these are people who are really riding for some stakes, right? And I see how that could be relevant too, not just to riders, but any profession or vocation where you're visible and folks are looking at you and perhaps there's expectation, you know, the expectation of being a good friend or a good sister or a mother or of being a good business owner or, hey, you should get that promotion or when you're writing that book or you're hosting Thanksgiving, anytime we're putting ourselves out there. And I'm really curious for you, this way you've woven grit and grace together Can you talk to me a little bit about where that comes from, those two elements, and why they're so key in terms of reaching goals together? Yeah, definitely. What's interesting is that you and I actually speak to very similar types of people. Like our audience or our clients, I believe, probably take a similar profile because the women, it's mostly women that I work with that come to me are you know, they're coming to me for work in the saddle and work in their mindset when it comes to competition in the equestrian world. But what really stands out is that they're very driven, very committed. They have lofty goals. And sometimes, like anything, it's about competition, but sometimes it's just about what their definition of success is and really feeling determined to meet meet the mark. It won't surprise you that I think part of what brings them to me is when that notion of if I can just work harder and if I lean into this commitment and stay focused, that that is going to lead to quote unquote success. 
And so first, just really becoming clear what success means to each of us and untangling success, because I think that word in itself is really a set of beliefs that we have been given throughout our life, starting from when we are young. That is a huge piece of the grace is really being able to say, yes, of course, I want to be successful. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't want to win or meet that goal or get better, continue to get better and continue to move up. But that at some point that the same qualities that drive us forward to that can also be the qualities that begin to hold us back and begin to actually sabotage us. And so we bring grace in to say, we need to fill in some gaps here and continue to have our sights set there. But what's what's missing and how can we make this more fulfilling and more workable? Okay, I'm holding on to a few words already, a few phrases that you've said. The first one I had to jot down really quickly was this notion of untangling success. Because as you say that, 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 that hits the nail on the head for me. I think of all the things that are woven into, okay, if I'm successful at my job, then it pays the bills. It also gives me a sense of worth. It gives me a sense of confidence. It allows me maybe to travel or it allows me to work from home. And there's all this like burden, this weight we're placing on the goal, the dream to be all these things. And so when you talk about untangling, I, what was that book we read in grade school? It was like, Bobby McGee or Bobby McPhee or something. There was this big knot that he had to untangle. It was a giant shoelace ball. And anybody who could untangle the shoelace ball got the free pizza. That was like the local pizza joint had this huge ball of like tangled shoelaces and whoever, and nobody could do it. But he had the patience to sit with it and pull at it gently and create these pockets of space and untighten it. And as you say, untangling success, I'm like, Oh, yeah, we need to sit with our ball of shoelaces for a moment. Create a little space. And so I'm so curious, like, part of what I love about you and your work is it's very practical, like pragmatic. What might this look like? Like, what is an example of somebody full of grit coming to you, plenty of achievement, and then weaving in grace? How does that even look? I think one of the first things that we really hone in on I mean, maybe we're talking about a goal that somebody's really committed to. The first thing we do, and I I find it fun, you know, obviously, I wouldn't do this work if I didn't find it like completely intriguing and fun. And, and I play, I love to think, to look at all of this with a sense of play. And so we really, we start to think about what are the thoughts going through your head when you think about that goal or what it's going to take to reach that goal or what it will mean when you reach that goal. And then we, we listen for what are the words that are, that we're using around it or the tone of voice. Cause often that voice, we, we just, we're so used to hearing it that we don't really listen anymore. It just becomes that automatic thought in your head. So Does it have a tone to it? Do you hear somebody from your past? Is there a teacher or a parent or any number of roles that it could take? And just being aware of that, because that's the first indicator. Hmm. Is this my version of success or is this my goal or is this maybe connected to somebody else, which is totally fine, but there's an awareness that's really helpful to have there. And then the other piece is like, are these thoughts connected to a should? 
is this an external expectation that we're hearing somebody else say, this is important to me that you do this, or this should be important to you because it's important to me, or this is important to our relationship and therefore you better get that done. And so that voice can sound, you know, it can be a voice of judgment. It can be a a voice that feels like it's seeking enoughness for you. Like if I can just do this, then maybe I'll be blank. And so, and so then we, we, again, we play with it. And I think there's some room in there. If we can make some room in there to say, how can I connect this voice or how can I connect these goals with my values? Then is it connected to my values? If it is, what are those values? Because that is nourishing. When we can go from goal to value, we're golden, really. You know, I always tell, I share with people, a goal is a destination. It's like a finite point. A value is a direction that we're going. We might say the goal is to head to the Berkshires, right? (laughs) And it's important. I know that in order to get there, I want to head west. West is the direction I'm going. And at any point along the way, we just want to make sure we're going west. (laughs) And the destination might change. I might say, you know what? While I'm going this way, I might stop a few other places. But as long as we're heading heading west, we never stop. We never get to west. West is just the way that we like to travel. That is a checkpoint to, to say, like, am I connected to my values in reaching this goal and the reasons for reaching this goal? And if not, permission to shift, right? Like there's room here, permission to shift. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. This is, of course, I've had the honor to found and lead for years with a diverse council of boundary makers. So if you're tired of being tired and you're ready for more time, clarity, and joy, I hope you'll check it out at carlyfane.com. For the first time ever, you don't have to wait for enrollment. You can begin in the Boundary Academy right now and go at your own pace starting today. I hope you don't wait another moment to join women around the world and reclaim your best work, living, health, and relationships too. What like a wild idea, right? Permission to shift. Because I think of all the times I've had a goal, I've, I've had a, what felt like a calling, I've had a dream, and maybe I haven't checked in with my values around it. I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing towards a thing, I'm exhausted, but I said, I'm going to do this thing. Even if I've said it to nobody else, I said it to myself. And then I hear when you talk about whose values are these or beliefs are these or whose definition of success is this, I hear that voice in the back of my mind. I must have picked up, I don't know, second grade, third grade, the idea that don't be a quitter. Like I hear that voice. Well, don't be a quitter, you know? And I'm like, I actually don't have a value around quitting. I have a value around being healthy. I have a value around showing up for what I say I'm going to show up for. I have a value around maybe a certain goal, but that's somebody else's shoelace in my bunch. Is that relevant here? So I love this notion of, oh, I love the way you say the goal is the destination and the value is the direction. It's the way we're going to experience movement towards that goal. So this season, as we're focusing on, you know, rest or nourishment, respite, to think about, well, if one of my values is to be a little rested or a lot rested, 
then how could I apply that to this thing that I'm working on? What could that look like? What does a pocket of rest look like? Or what does a moment of gracefulness look like? And I'm so curious for you because you're a human who's, who's practicing what you teach, which is so important, right? So you're, you're running this practice and you're also a mother and a spouse and you sit on boards and you're a sister and you're a friend. And I know community is really important to you, Meredith. So you're connected to all these lovely people. How does grit and grace show up for you in your day to day? What does rest look like when a plate is full for you? Yeah, it's such, it's such an important question. One of the ways I'm going to share a little, a little inside tip from inside my head, because, you know, I, I am a, a recovering achievement focused person, solely achievement focused person, and also a recovering people pleaser. I have really worked hard to, again, loosen those ties. And one of the things I tell myself as I notice my thoughts and then I try to sort of shift it to make it feel better in my nervous system, you know right away when you come up with something that like, oh, gosh, that feels better, is I actually tell myself that there is grit in grace. And so when I make a choice that feels different, which for me and for many others will be the choice to find that pocket of time to nourish. And that, that can be a very active nourishing or it can be a very passive nourishing, but that, that takes work for me. And so I kind of pat myself on the back and say, because you're choosing this path that is more nourishing does not mean you're giving up on grit. You're actually using grit to do this. You are working hard. You are focused. You are intentional and you're, you're creating new pathways and new patterns. And that is, that's important work that can still check off the grit box. So when there's that part of me, that's like, oh my gosh, you know, am I still, have I lost my grittiness because I need to go to the woods? Every couple days, at least, I need some time in the woods. And that is not empty space where I am just being useless or fill in the blank of the words that that voice in your head could say. You're being lazy. You're not focused. That is time that is actually incredibly purposeful. And I make it purposeful. So for me, it's all about small moments. I love the way you use the word pockets because I think the part of the challenge that we can all have is getting in those extremes of we're either being super productive and focused or we're being lazy and not getting anything done. So for me, it's about finding moments in my day where, again, I think about what's important to me, what is important to me right now. And even more importantly, how do I want to show up today? For whatever it is that's on my plate, whether that's a parenting thing, whether it's a work thing, a school thing, a relationship piece, how do I want to show up today? And then the question is, what do I need to do to make that happen? There's lots of options of what might need to happen. And some of it might be more restful than checking off a productive list of to-dos. Well, as you say that, I'm having fireworks over here because I'm hearing something in my head about 
productivity being the cultural push, right? You've got to be productive. You've got to be productive. And we, we can assume a lot of our value or our worth personally comes from our output. Our, have I been productive today? Was today a productive day? Am I being productive enough? Am I being lazy? Am I not committed? Am I falling behind, right? Like those extremes you talk about. But you mentioned being purposeful. And I think about that like as a measure of success is was today purposeful? Did I act with intention? When you talk about, you know, value being the direction, the destination being the goal, the value being the direction, did I bring purpose to today? Maybe the purpose was to linger in bed for an extra 15 minutes because the purpose was a moment of respite or solitude, or the purpose was to go out in the woods, or the purpose was to skip my morning practice that I normally do because I needed like playtime, you know, I needed something that was totally different. Like, but was it purposeful? Everything you're talking about just speaks to me of an invitation to be intentional. I wonder, you know, I'm, I'm seeing like three prongs in your philosophy. Tell me if I'm getting this right, if you would totally rearrange this. But if, if the goal is the destination and our values are our direction, they're the way we move there. I heard you say, and what do I need in order to make that possible? Right? It's like the nourishment is then like the fuel for the trip. Like, okay, what do I need? Like what needs to go in the engine of this vehicle? If I'm driving West, awesome. What allows me to go West? You know, so if I'm going to rest today and rest is not easy for me, what makes rest feel more approachable? Do I need to talk to somebody? One of my girlfriends would be like, girl, of course you need to stay in bed, get back in bed, you know, or, Hey, you need to go for a walk in the woods or something else. But what makes rest when it feels so hard possible? Am I getting that right? Does that feel sound? Okay. Yeah. I always want to also ground this in reality that there are going to be times when that deadline has to be met when, you know, for my clients who are riders, you know, you've got to get out there and, and do the work to get to the next thing. So permission again, to lean into that grit, to get it done but then say, and how can I make this sustainable? So I got it. I have it in me. Like you might check in and say, you know what? I am in it. I am going to do it. I want to bang this out. I'm going to, you know, but then, then what? Because this is going to happen. Life happens, you know, like there, it's not going to stop. The expectations aren't going to end. We all know that most of us you haven't even reached the goal yet. And you're thinking about the next one. So where do I give myself that time and space to be able to show up again as well or better for the next thing that comes up? I laugh so often because horses are like a perfect metaphor for life. They are unpredictable. They're a living, breathing, powerful animal. They're unpredictable. They're incredibly in tune to our intention. So you can only fake it till you make it for so long with a horse. And I think in life, like that may be a bandaid every once in a while. I'm going to just pretend like I've got it all together and, you know, that'll get me through, but not, not for too long. And they require this balance of grit and grace. You have to be a leader, but you also have to be a listener. You have to be strong, but you have to have softness underneath there. So I think always just having that notion of, Where's the, that and our wonderful mentor, Maria, you know, Maria Sirwa, where is the and in this? I am going to have the grit 
can I make some space for grace in there? And when is that going to happen? Having that intention might not be right now, might not be today, but I want to make sure that 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 grace is on the agenda somewhere. Right. That we're weaving it in at some point. And that I love, I love the practicality of that. Today's a day where I just need to go. That's what's on the docket. And that's what things is going to happen. And where will I give myself? We'll use our pocket word, a pocket to reflect on this. What did I learn from this? What might I do differently next time? How do I weave in a little bit more of what we value? That to me is grace. That to me is the grace of, oh, I haven't perfected this yet. And that's okay. Like I'm in process. I'm learning how to live into this goal. And that means I'm going to get hopefully a little better as I go. For me, the getting better happens when we dare to pause. Like we give ourselves room to do a little bit of processing. Okay. Today is hectic. Today's Halloween. You and I are recording on Halloween, right? So I'm thinking of all the times I've like thrown together a Halloween costume in 15 minutes or less and to get out the door, right? Like, and that was just, in fact, I did that over the weekend. But after Halloween, like that's what needed to happen because, you know, for me, the drag show was at a certain time (laughs) of Saturday night. If I wasn't there, I was going to miss the Queens, right? So get ready or you're not going to be there. And the day after to go, okay, I really actually like this holiday. I enjoy this event. What might I do next year? (laughs) to make it 3% more reasonable to get out the door. And that's the grace is, okay, so I didn't perfect it this year. Cool. Great. It was still fun. And yes, and we're not done yet. Yeah. And the magic and the messiness, right? Permission to be good enough. This is part of the grace. This is part of my, my grace journey is the good enough journey and saying there is so much value in saying, I'm going to do what I can here. I'm going to do my best. And then I'm going to reflect on it and parenting. Maybe I need a little repair work. (laughs) That didn't go exactly the way I wanted, but that, that what, what is nourishing is going back and, and having that connection. I have a deep value in connection and presence with my, with my daughter. And so even when it's not, it doesn't go right, or it doesn't go the way I wanted, what is my value? It's, taking a moment to sit down, connect, repair, be hurtful, and then move forward and go from there. So this is life. You got it. You lost it. You lost it. I got it. I got it. I lost it. <laughs> that's, the way it that's the way it goes in riding and in life. <laughs> well, and there it is. And there it's like the invitation to come back to the value again and again and again. Am I dedicated enough to this value in your in your case to be close and connected to my daughter that I'll keep coming back to it? That when I lose it or it doesn't go, it takes a left turn when I thought we were going right. Okay. And can I come back to it again and again? And in that way, there's such devotion in that. There's something so beautiful about no matter which way the wind blows, no matter which way we turn here, I know I'm going to come back to meaningful connection with my daughter because that's what I care about here. So right? Or whatever it is for ourselves. I know I'm going to come back to, and for those of you listening, I'm so curious, what do you keep coming back to? What is it that feels like home to you in terms of your values? Like, where do you keep coming back home? Like, no matter what, even if you take a left turn or somebody else takes a left turn, like, where do you keep coming back home? Meredith, thank you so much. So I'm so curious, would you be willing to do our two-way Q&A? Sure. Yeah, of course. I get really excited about this part. You and I have done this one before, and I'm so curious what your answer is going to be this time. So today, if you came with a warning label, what might it say? My warning label today would say, 
fiercely devoted to people and things that I believe in. Mm. Fiercely devoted to the people and things I believe in. Thank you for that. And so based on our conversation, what are you curious for somebody listening? What are you wondering about? What would you ask somebody tuning in to this episode? I would ask that question, what is important to you? But then there would be that pause and then we'd say, really? It's sort of like, how are you? And then you want to say, really, how are you? So I, that's, that's the question I want to ask. What is important to you? Really? Oh, <laughs> that's powerful to go just a little deeper. So what matters to you today? Really? Really? Oh, I'm so curious for everyone listening. You know, put those responses. We'll put, there's a link right here in the show notes. Like be in that conversation with Meredith and I. Like I am really curious to hear what matters to you. Really? And can we be a community that does the really together? Not just the hi, how are you? But hi, how are you? Really? Meredith, all right, here's my last cue for you. Even if other people disagree, what is one thing you know to be true? I think I'm going to circle back to the first question you asked, which was what was on my heart. And I would say that there are no bad emotions, that crying and vulnerability is healing especially when you are in the presence of someone who can listen and hold space for that. And at times that person needs to be you. That if we can approach our our feelings and our angst and our anxieties and our sadness and rage and all of that with a sense of compassion, that there is so much healing that can be done and space to move forward. Okay. That's amazing. You're amazing. Thank you for making room, Meredith, for us to be the full spectrum of ourselves, the grit, the grace, and everything in between. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me and for giving me this space with you today. Meredith's approach to seeing a goal as a destination, a finite point in our values as the direction we're traveling is brilliant. (laughs) That's a game changer for me. So tell me, based on her question, what is important to you? And then let's take the pause Meredith mentioned and add on to that. Really? What is important to you? Really? Share the answer with me in a review on iTunes so I can give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. I love hearing what lands for you and being in real conversation and definitely go connect with Meredith at meredithbrisson.com. There's a link to it here in the show notes. I highly encourage you to sign up for her newsletter, whether you ride horses or not. The grit and grace she teaches us how to live with is deeply inspiring. And remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, really. And I'll see you next week when we sit down with Faith Clark, She's an organizational health and inclusion specialist, and she provides important cultural and historical context to how we navigate the rules of society and create new rules that allow for far more restful and sustainable work and living. I am so thankful that you are part of this messy and certainly magnificent community. Each episode here is only the beginning 
of our lifelong conversation together. Head on over to carlyfane.com for the full show notes from this episode and some extra special resources for high achievers that you won't find anywhere else.